Hello. And welcome to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with my partner, Amy Donaldson. And uh, today, we're, uh, we have kind of an esteemed guest who was running for Congress. Uh, Burgess Owens uh, had a very uh, a long career in the NFL and has since kind of gone into business and become a, a voice, a conservative voice in politics of late. And uh, I want to say thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you, Jason. Looking forward to chatting with you guys. Absolutely. Sure. Um, you know... I first became uh, aware of you. One of my colleagues, uh, Dennis Romboy, uh, was at uh, a talk you gave at the Sutherland Institute. Of, this is a few months ago. I want to say like maybe uh, August, uh, mm-hmm. September, something like that. And so um, after that, I we've been trying to get a hold of you. And, and uh, Randy, uh, your, your um, communications person, was trying to get a date. And finally, we were able to get this to work. But since then, uh, you decided you wanted to run for Congress. Exactly. And so that's, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit, too. But first, can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and how you came to uh, live here in Utah? Okay, we will do. Uh, first of all, I, I was uh, uh, fortunate to grow up in a deep south, Tallahassee, Florida, in the 60s, in a remarkably uh, positive family. It was during the days of KKK, Jim Crow, mm. segregation. But Tallahassee, uh, which is where I grew up, was kind of symbolic of of uh, what a lot of black communities were doing during that time. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but when the days of segregation, uh, we, we turned within, became very strong business owners, uh, uh, loved our, our, our families and built our communities with uh, the hope that American dream would live for, for all of us. My dad was re- returned from uh, World War II, mm-hmm. very patriotic. Uh, as a quick note, I think this is a good co- to, to kind of give context. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that because the American, uh, because of the black community, uh, focused on four tenets, which I'll talk about later on, uh, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, we led the country in the growth of the middle class, led the country in the men, men committed to marriage over 70%, men matriculated from college, and the percentage of entrepreneurs was over 40, uh, uh, 40%. So we had a lot of good things going on, and I lived that. Uh, because of that, I was able to go to the University of Miami. I was the third black uh, American given a scholarship there, uh, uh, graduating in biology. And my, my focus from my community was very simply is that we were taught wherever you go, whatever the obstacle might be, you can overcome by working hard, being honest. Is, um, um, respecting uh, people, uh, particularly women, you do those kind of things. And in this country, the doors will open up wide open. And uh, and that's my that was experience of my, my community. I was glad to be able to, to, to live there and be that be in that, that part of the country during that time. Those values I, I see here in the valley. Um, I lived in uh, Philadelphia area after retiring from the NFL for about twenty three plus years. Uh, six kids, and as my children were leaving high school. Um, I made one deal with them that if uh, uh, they look at any college around the country, but they have to start off in Utah. I wanted a soft landing. <laughs> so, so now you, so. I, I want to. Uh, the reason you picked Utah is because you joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Exactly. Right? Back my last year in NFL, '83, I played with Todd Christensen, Mark Wilson, and uh, we started having conversations my very last season. And so for, what, 36 years or more, mm-hmm. more, I've been a member of the church. So that was part of it. Uh, I, I came out of University of Miami again, a very party school, and I didn't want my kids uh, having to make those tough decisions. <laughs> so, Especially so, in Miami, right? Oh, I'm telling you. So we decided to, uh, that they would come out this way. And, and, and over time, as they all came out, I remember about seven years ago, I looked up and recognized sitting in my office that my kids weren't coming back to Philadelphia. So uh, we decided that it was time to, to make the move out here. And it's been the greatest move of my life. I've enjoyed it. I uh, love the culture. Reminds me of home back when I was growing up. Um, and uh, look for just making a difference, absolutely. So now, uh, in terms of politics, though, uh, <coughs> you, you kind of uh, take a different path than, the, I would say, the majority of African Americans in America anyway. And so yours is a more conservative bent. But I... I've, at least from the way you just described it, it kind of is, uh, it was born out of what you saw was this values-centric uh, uh, 
environment you grew up in when you were in the South. Yes. And I'll say this. <clears throat> I would say that the black community is more conservative, even though we have not voted uh, in that way. We don't vote for those, uh, those, those values and principles that we had been kind of brought into. And I think that's why right now a lot of black Americans are beginning to uh, wake up. And uh, when I say wake up, we're leaving the Democratic Party because those values that uh, that we were trained in, 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 in and those values are based on four things. It's kind of, it's kind of start off. And those values, I believe, that can actually bring our country together because no matter what side of the aisle we're on, we all believe in this. Uh, and that is head, heart, uh, hands, and home. Head, heart, hands, and home. Head is education. Heart is God. Uh, hands is industry, free market, home is family. And those are the values of tenets that, that made my community the great community it was. It was actually what I've always believed in, so I've always been a conservative. It's just that we were trained to think that the Democratic Party believed in those same values. And uh, what I recognize as I, as I start to understand, start looking at things like what's happening in the urban city today, what's happening with the education of our black kids, with the, the abortion rates that, that's that decimating out my race, um, the idea that we now look at ourselves, unlike my father's generation, look at ourselves as victims. Many people say, because of my skin color, I'm owed a particular whatever. Whatever, <laughs> something different than everybody else. Those are the kind of things that are not that are not. And that's not the American way. We're here as a country based on meritocracy, based on how well we get along with and, and give value to each other. And no matter what race, what color, what culture, what what religion, if we bring that to the plate, we add value, we accept it, and we we can move on and, and make some make some big things happen. So. Um- can I jump in? I, so um, I've actually, uh, I grew up in a Republican household, um, I a very conservative household, and um, I always felt like um, the Republican Party, though, missed the opportunity to appeal to uh, people of color of all races um, because they... Um, because they didn't really embrace their culture. And so I think that some of why... Some of the reasons for not being in there, I, I have uh, Hispanic members in my family who are more conservative than the white people in my family, but they vote for Democrats because uh, the Republican Party does not accept their culture and what they and, the, and embrace the beauty of their of what they bring as a different culture. Um, I just wonder if you had some thoughts on that. Absolutely. Mia Love kind of talked about that a little bit. No, when absolutely. She, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, what, what I love about the, the four tenets. Mm-hmm. It really has nothing to do with color or gender or uh, even religion. Mm-hmm. It has to do with what I call the American way. Uh, I think the biggest thing that black Americans do today is let's, let's become independent. Let's vote on our values and principles versus party and, 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 and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we made a mistake. We've kind of had a, a connection or a loyalty to a party or a particular politician, and we've forgotten those values that's made us really the great race we were and the great community we are today. I think in doing that, becoming an independent, uh, independent voter, not only does it, de- it demands of both parties to pay attention to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it. I mean, I played football for, for 10 years. Now, they, they didn't have free agency when I played. Now they have free agency. <laughs> so guess what? The value of that person goes up if he gives value to that team. Our community, if we were to highlight what is important for our race, my kids, is, import- is it important education? no matter what zip code they're in. Mm-hmm. It's important our kids are taught about respect of uh, authority, women, um, um, God. Those, those values, if we are trained and do that with our kids and say who, who best represents the, the, the values that we represent and vote on those. 
if we do that, then things begin to work out, and we can we can give ourselves. Everybody will make sure it happens. Okay, so I want to keep going with that because okay. you, 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 you've given us a lot to think about. But I want to try to stay on track a little bit. So when we come back, we'll continue talking about that. And, I, again, I, I feel as though you offered us a lot to kind of discuss. So I, I would like to kind of uh, talk about it a little piece by piece in, in some of that. Okay. So when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Burgess Owens. Uh, you're listening to Voices of Reason. Welcome back to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. Today we're speaking with Burgess Owens. He is a current uh, congressional candidate for the 4th District, which, by the way, we need to talk about that, too, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and But he is a conservative uh, African-American uh, commentator. He's been on Fox News. And, and his idea, though, is to return to what he believes uh, was uh, a more... Uh, what's, what's the best way to describe how... how you've uh, kind of developed these views you have? I would say that my community, when I was growing up, were eternal optimists. And that's what America really, the American culture is about eternal optimism. It's, it's dreams, it's hopes, it's knowing that we have a second chance. Uh, it's really getting to the point that every generation, which is always we've always done as a country, looks to find its better self, and that better self is looking at each other from inside out, not outside in. If we were ever to get to a point where just just think about how it is on a, everybody here has been has been involved with some kind of sports, some kind of competition, <clears throat> and the, the the most successful teams are the ones that say who can bring value to my team. I don't care what color you are, I don't care what which size, I don't care what kind of home you came out of. You come to this this field and give give value. You're you're my guy, and I'm going to high five. We're going to celebrate. Uh, I recognize as I played in college and NFL that we, I began to forget color as our team got closer and closer to each other. And, and, and the closer and closer we got, the better we had a chance to win the big one. As a country, we have to get back to that. We have to stop allowing, and if I just say this, guys, <clears throat> it's not Democrats and Republicans that are, are, are at war. It's not black and white. It's not women, men and women. We have a fight against socialism and Marxism. It's an ideology that has been at knowing at the core of our center for over 100 years. And it, it, it divides us. It makes sure we have conversations that do nothing, has nothing else to do, but what is our differences? For, 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 for me to come in as a black man, to look at a white person and say that you are this, you're that, you don't believe this because of your skin color, I've just become a racist. And the worst thing we can do to ourselves, you talk about a miserable place to be, to become a racist. And I realized that when I was growing up in, in, in the Deep South, that the people, I, I almost felt sorry for them because they were always angry. They were never going to move forward because they were hating people because of the skin color. So we can't allow that to happen. And uh, and and that to say to say less, my family taught me, and my parents went through more racism than I could have ever thought about. But my mom said something. I remember sitting in a in a in, a, in, a, in my kitchen, sixteen years old, beginning angry because of this issue we're going through, that high school we're going through, and she says, "Bergie, make sure you don't let somebody else's problem become yours." In essence, that little message she gave me at 16 years old was this, don't let a racist turn you into one. And I'm so thankful for that message uh, that has lived with me forever. I could twist that for you, though. Yes. Because I would say um, my mom was similar, like don't take on somebody else's uh, uh, issues, but, uh, but but it is your responsibility to pick up their burden. Yeah. And that is a, a, I think that's where, I mean, Paul, you jump in here because you're, you have a, he has a similar, he's a similar background, uh, you know. You grew up in Oklahoma, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was born, born in Oklahoma, grew up in southeastern Kentucky. My, all my siblings 
um, the because I'm a southerner and I shouldn't talk age. But, <laughs> um, by this the, is Dr. Paul White, by the way. I yeah. wish we were we were actually having a food uh, review here. <laughs> um, the my the sibling closest to me in age was born in 1960. Um, born in where I was born is Langston, Oklahoma, which is Langston University, a small, all black at that time my, where my dad was a professor, all black college, all black town of about 800 people um, from there moved to southeastern Kentucky, where it was mostly white. There were more black were actually yeah, a lot more blacks in Langston than in the entire county where I spent most of my childhood um, my grandparent i had the blessings of living with part of part of time with my grandparents who were born in 1892 and 1900 so i got to a long history of different issues um, one of the things i think about that, that you were saying is the 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 concept the idea of you know the values within the community and that's i I completely agree with that. I I've seen that. I've you know I've lived that um, in different communities, different groups. One of the things, though, is the idea that if someone has value, it depends on who is giving them that value. What if someone else who is just similar doesn't get the same value? And that's part. That's part of the the research, the issues, the stuff I teach about and and study. Uh, is that's where you get some some major faults that, as Amy was saying, yeah, you need to take up that burden. You need to speak up and out against those kind of issues. It's not a monolithic, simple, this group is X, that group is Y. Yeah. Um, you have to take people at individuals, but you have to take – to say – also to say group doesn't matter that your ethnicity, your gender, your socioeconomic your status, your culture doesn't matter and you just go with the individual, that uh, that dismisses the importance of group. Because mm-hmm. one of the things I get – I have students say to me all the time is, why say African-American? Why say Latinx American? Why not just be American? And I always come back with, define American for me. And they cannot do it. Yeah. yeah. Can, I, can, I, can I define America? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, uh, what's made our country so unique and so great is that we have been, we assimilate. We come here, no matter what our background is. I'm a black American. I'll always be proud of my, my background, my lineage, my family. But the most, the thing that makes me so unique is I'm an American. And that American culture comes down to a couple things. We started with Judeo-Christian values from the very beginning, and those values allowed us. I take issue with that, by the way. Well, we did. The, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the um, Mayfair Compact, when the Pilgrims came over, uh, before setting foot on the ground, the first thing they did was put together the Mayfair Compact. There was a, there was a confidence between, covenant between man and God and the first semblance of, of rule of law. We're the only country that, as a mission statement, begins with three words, we the people. Not we the blacks, we the, we the Hebrew, we the, it's we the people. And also within that context is that all men are created equal. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the history of mankind have those, those, that concept, 
that we can actually become better and better because of the God-centric life that we have. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are today. And let me, let me throw a wrinkle in that. that, right. that yeah. The it, guys it never, making that compact, right. they weren't considering <laughs> any of you all yes. or me. All the people in this room were not we the people. Well, no, and, so and there was a blatant hypocrisy in what, what you just described. Or it, just a, even though it's true, no. they, it was not practiced. Well, let, let me say this, because it's important to, to know our history. First of all, there's no one in the history of mankind other than Jesus Christ who's perfect. We, we're, we're making decisions today as a nation that our, that our lineage one day will say, gosh, those guys just got it wrong. They <laughs> yeah. had no clue. Yeah. What they did, they put though, because at the end of the day, they were depending on, on God to lead them. So they didn't know all the, all the answers down the road. Mm-hmm. They had a context. They had a foundation that we, the people, were significant. They, and the fact they didn't, that, that they actually, and I'll, I'll say this also, the, we talk about slavery, which is, is something that, that is, was a stain on our, on our nation's soul, but it's also around for 5,000 years. Now, the difference in America is because of we the people, because of uh, uh, all men are created equal, that context. Within 87 years, it ended here. It didn't go on for thousands of years like it did in Africa or Israel or whatever. 80, 87 years from the time oh, from the we, time we signed it. Right. Yeah, as a country, as a, yeah. we have to understand, as a country, once we became a country, we had certain parameters based on on, a, on, on the Judeo-Christian values that allowed us to end that. And those 600,000 um, uh, white soldiers died during that time. Mm-hmm. Black men uh, came to the front and they, they fought. They had a chance to, to, to show that they, they, just like everyone else, had the courage and, and tenacity and, and decision to, to move forward. So... Uh, we have a great history. We need to understand that, what we've done together. Well, and if we do that, it keeps us in a different different phrase. I'm with you. I, but I was also suggested, even though it it was only 87 years, that was just time because of what, there was no country before then. Uh, we've been here for 400 years because uh, the transatlantic uh, slave trade started in uh, 1619. But we're talking about America value. America America. Culture, America. 87 and there were people here. Done. And it's, then after that, Jim America. Crow. And there's a whole litany of stuff like that. So I, I feel as though you got to put the entire context to that. So to suggest that, that we only had this stain for 87 years is pretty, uh, that's generous. inaccurate. It's and very it's, generous and it's, white It's not people. even generous. It's, it's, just, it's not <laughs> fair. And I, I, I'm with you. Part of what yeah. we do is civil dialogue here. But also <laughs> we got to speak truth. And truth is that uh, Emmett Till was killed even though there wasn't slavery, but because he was black. And, 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 and you know, situations no, like that no existed question, over and over No again. question about it. And that's why we have to talk about the, 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 um, what we're up against. You have to understand that slavery, uh, uh, segregation, Jim Crow, the lynching was all done by those within the Democratic Party. You have to understand that. No, this is not party. No, no that's no, not no, about no, politics. We're not, we're not talking no. about party. Well, it's about this is, racism. Well, and, about and I racism. would, I would conflate those two. I know we have to go to a break, we but do. I, yes. I just want to quickly say <laughs> that I think neither party has done right by yes. people of color in this country. So go ahead. Or Ace. women, by the way. Yeah. Or so, women. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not giving. Uh, listen, let me tell you right, right here. <laughs> this is the one guy who though, I don't care what party you are because I voted for everybody, including <laughs> Ralph Nader. So I'm just saying that. I think it's unfair that we try to put this on any one group. Yeah. This is a collective. You, this is an American problem. It's a modern problem. Let's, talk, let's, let's think of history, though, okay? Yeah. Let's, when we come back, when we let's come talk back. about history. Okay. okay. We will Real do history. That. Okay. See, it's getting fun already. <laughs> You're listening to Voices of Reason.
We are back with Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson, talking today with uh, Burgess Owens, who is a congressional candidate in, uh, in the Utah's 4th District. Will you be running as a Republican? Yes, I okay. am. Yeah. Can, can I say well, something? You're running in my district. Yeah. I'm oh, your okay. district. I know, uh, and Dr. Paul White, who's a social psychologist from the University of Utah. And I'm, go ahead. Can I say this, guys? I yeah. love... Oh, I grew up in the days where... We said we can agree to disagree yes. and go yeah. off and then play a football game together. I love the fact that we can have civil conversations. You said it earlier. Yeah. Civil conversations. Well, we literally, we first of all, respect the fact we have different views. But as we come together, we'll figure out the best way because we can have a conversation that gets us there. So I, I just well, want to say I appreciate because that. Because I came in here serious, and I think Jason has this intention as well, is to learn from you. Like, right. I, we were very intrigued I need to by, listen to you and hear you. Right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I know people like you. I don't think you, have, you know a ton of people that have his ideas. A few, but yeah, yeah, so we, so, but, but my question is, um, as I have these kind of conversations in my private life um, and, my, and in my family, um, when you bring um, party into it, it used to be if you brought race or religion into something, you were mm-hmm. in trouble. Now I find if you mention R or D, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, do you think that when we talk about education and we talk about um, issues like abortion or uh, economic uh, uh, equality, mm-hmm. that we um, do that we are doing a disservice to those discussions when we bring what political parties have or have not done into it? Do I, you- I don't. And I'm looking forward to hearing from Paul, but I, I'll say this, guys. Conversations has to deal with what is reality. Yeah. Uh, so when we talk about our history, um, and by the way, there's there's uh, Karl Marx says something that's very intriguing. Uh, he said the, this was back in 1800. These are the, the founder of, of Marxism. Mm-hmm. The first battleground is rewriting of history. We knew, need to know our history. We need to understand mm-hmm. what that's all about. I think those tenets I just talked about. When it comes down to how do we get to be that that empowered race or empowered people. If those tenets are important to us, then we say, well, which party, as we vote, because this is key, this is key, mm-hmm. which party deals best with head, heart, hands, and home? Okay. Who stands for education? Who stands for God? Who stands for industry, not dependency? And who stands for the family unit? And based on that, we can actually come together and have conversations where, where we can actually, even there are different parties, come yeah. together and vote on the, same, on, the, on the same politician because we have the same same values in that case. Anyway, just Interesting, yeah. Go ahead. Well, one of the things you said, you you brought up saying the for, the foundation of the country um, on Judeo, Judeo-Christian Judeo- beliefs yes. <laughs> um, from the Mayflower Pact in combat. Yeah. And that's, I always, I kind of, I admit I kind of snickered a little bit because you have to remember why were those people leaving? <laughs> those people were leaving because of religious persecution. Yeah. They came here and started their own religious persecution of the people who were already here and mm-hmm. other groups that were coming in. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I, I even though I'm a social psychologist, I am a I consider myself an amateur historian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do see, you know, that, yes, we need to know our history. Um, I'm like the things that people have been talking about with the Watchmen on HBO and all of a sudden it seems like most of America now knows about the Tulsa massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were many of things, there are many events like that that other groups know about that some people don't. Yeah. So well, I would say, because when you mentioned Karl Marx and the mm-hmm. rewriting of history, I would say That's, that white men have been writing history for so long that I've come in here. We all have the same, similar education, right? We're all public education people. And I don't know, did you have private ed? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but products of the public education system. And I come in when Jason and I are doing this podcast one day and I say, oh, my gosh, have you heard of this woman, Henrietta Lacks? <laughs> and he starts laughing. 
And he says mm-hmm. to me, every black person's heard of Henrietta Lacks. And I said, well, every white person hasn't. And that's the problem. How, how, about, how about this one? Yeah. Um, and just, some, just something to, th- to think about, because you're right. So much about history. Mm-hmm. And the more we know about our American history to find out how much we've done together, we, I think people will be totally surprised. How many mm-hmm. people knew this? Uh, Booker, T, Booker T. Washington, who I think is one of the greatest Americans ever. Ever. Not, not mm-hmm. black. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. How many people don't know about him? But here's a Started Tuskegee in 1882. By 1905, Little Tuskegee down in Alabama was producing more self-made millionaires mm-hmm. than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. Right. That was the race that we that <clears throat> that was actually the most competitive the first hundred years out of slavery, because what what happens with anyone who for the first time gets uh, hope, opportunity, and freedom? I mean, has never experienced before. Mm-hmm. They go all in. And they were so committed to make sure that their families, they, they, they were not allowed to do before, were together, they were committed to them, they're getting the business for themselves. They did the first hundred years after, after, after slavery, we were so competitive. And now people, because they don't know our history, wonder, is this, you know, we, 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 they, they kind of think of us, most, mostly people, uh, that we came from slavery to, to white people letting us vote in the 60s, and all of a sudden, we had nothing in between. And yes. we have to make sure we don't, but don't do part that. But of, part of that, <clears throat> and this thinking... Um, W.E. Du Bois and the talent at 10th, um, part of that, because I would not say 100 years after slavery, um, but it was because of segregation. It was because blacks and non-whites were not allowed to do and have businesses, to do and be part of the integrated America, even though we were supposed to be we the people at that time. So some people have there have been arguments made that one of the worst things for like the thinking sports united the united negro baseball league right, right. was the integration of yeah. Major but League Baseball, baseball right? because then it's like, oh, we don't have to support this group. An entire and entire economy was gone. And that wasn't ju- that was not black community saying, oh, we don't have to support this. This was white community that had been also supporting and propping up a lot of the stuff. Now, as I can probably out myself as a as a Catholic Christian. Neither party does it for me. In terms of just every, if you look down the road, and that's that's part of it is the idea that I've heard so many um, conservative blacks say is that well you need to leave the Democratic Party because they're ruining our communities, they're destroying our people, and so we should be more integrative and look at the conservative values, which on a twist is kind of to me is to say our people need to leave this party and join another party because that party's only looking at us as identity. But then the idea is you're leaving another party to only look at this identity. It's just switching yep. one identity yep. for another. I That's why yeah. I said before I agree. It's looking at the values, looking yeah. at and making your choices based on that. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, Paul, I tell you, just, think, just imagine this. Imagine the power that the black community would have without numbers if we were independent. Imagine the, the issues that would be that not only just talked about but resolved if we were independent. Because all of a sudden, if you're independent and your values are education for my kids, a family unit that works, that's respect. Uh, the, the idea of going out and having your own business, we went from 40% back in the old days to now 3.8%. If those are the, the values and we said those who bring this to the plate, or we will vote for you, then they'll be scrambling to make but sure that our, saying, but our community But one of the things right. you're saying independent 
Independent of what? When I say independent, independent of party, how about just being a conservative? The, the values I'm talking about are conservative values. Those four tenets I'm talking about are really the, the values that make our country work. And if those are the values that are important to all of us, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden. But I would argue those aren't conservative values. I would those argue that values. values, right. Because <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm a liberal guy, right, just generally speaking. Okay. However, nothing you said is objectionable. Right. So I wouldn't suggest that that's just uh, – it, it is – exclusive to you as a conservative, I would suggest that it is those are people, those are values that exist. Okay. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what's, you know, like politically, which side <sighs> you lean to. It's just what kind of person you are individually. Mm-hmm. And well, then that, that's more of it than, than Honestly, everything. I think you can sum it up with one thing, and that is what do you see the role of government? And I think mm-hmm. that when you look along the ideological spectrum, because um, I consider Jason a moderate mm-hmm. because he looks at government as pretty limited, mm-hmm. um, but but definitely necessary. Mm-hmm. I look at my dad and he's like, we could have no government and I would be good. He's a Republican <laughs> leaning libertarian. Yeah, that sounds and, a libertarian. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then, you know, I look at my mom, who is for universal health care and mm-hmm. just absolutely was a, grew up in a Democratic household and a, a union person. So I think it's really what what is the role of government in your family? What is the role of government in your school? What, I mean, when you're addressing these values, what is the role of government in ensuring that everybody has opportunity? Because mm-hmm. I think if you look at the, and actually look at history honestly, um, both parties have used and abused people of color from native people who were here to the slaves who were freed. Um, and I think um, offering them opportunity and revoking that opportunity. I think, um, you know, giving them property and then giving them, uh, we just learned this farm loans thing where mm. they oh get the loan yes. later yeah, yeah. and they and they don't get as much money as the white farmer. And so there are lots of ways <laughs> in which we, the government, hurts people who are trying to trying to make it, right? And, and, and you, know, you know what it is, guys? Keep in mind... Um, uh, the problem that we have in our country, even with the great ideals we have, is that we have people. People. Yeah. Human beings. The ideals are awesome. Yeah, and the fact yeah. is, we mess things up. Yeah. Yeah. We, bring, we, bring our own, we bring our own selfishness to it. We bring our own agenda to it. And our that's own fears, what, I would say, right yeah, now, it's all a lot that, fear-based. A lack of understanding. Yeah, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff kind of comes in the mix. So when I, when, I, when I talk about conservative values, what I'm saying, values that bring us closer to a, the way God God would allow us to see each other. See, I think I think the key is God has to be part of this because what we do, we see each other from inside out, not outside in. Because if we really understand Him, uh, we we don't we don't see the color anymore. We see what kind of character do you have? What kind of what kind of you, what kind of value do you bring to me and my family by you being close to me? Mm-hmm. If we start to look at it that way, then all of a sudden those kids in California that are not educated, it makes sense that we should have a heart for them. And do something, no matter what our color is, those kids, even though we don't might never, mm-hmm. never meet them, don't even know who they are, they are important just as, as our kids are. So that's, that's, when I say those values, I believe those values bring us closer together than if we don't have that centered uh, hit hard hand and hands home back. Okay, I got, I got to, we got to come back because uh, we got to, we run over a bit here. And I would suggest to you that as an atheist, I believe all of what you just said and it has nothing to do with church. I'm just I'm just saying it, it is more. In, I, I, I would hope that you would be more inclusive in the sense that it's everybody and the value because you, you're 100 percent right. But it doesn't necessarily have to be centered on, uh, you know, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, by the way, if, if that's your thing, go with it, because that's that's leading you down the path you want to go. And I'm, and I'm all for that. OK, when we come back, we will continue our discussion. You're listening to Voices of Reason.
We're back with Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee, speaking today with, uh, I'm sorry, with my partner, Amy Donaldson. I came for doing that. Uh, we're speaking today with Burgess Owens, who is running for Congress uh, in Utah's 4th District as a Republican, but also uh, he is a conservative African-American uh, commentator uh, and has often talked about values-based uh, just leadership. life and leadership, yeah. and, and, and that's something we... we feel is uh, very important and glad to hear about it. And also social psychologist, Dr. Paul White, University of Utah, who is adding context to all of what we are talking about here today, which has kind of run the gamut from just, you know, history and <laughs> politics and all, all that over the place. Race. <laughs> it's but life. Again, it's life, right? And yeah. we're hoping to add some value to the discussions people have, and they can do it in a way like we're having here in, with, with civil dialogue. So, uh, Burgess, you, you mentioned yeah, uh, I, 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 I think uh, what you, your last comments was spot on. I just wanted to, to highlight that. Uh, you know, what, what's neat about a country of freedom, uh, one in which we we really are taught that to to discipline ourselves, to be able to listen, to be able to think outside the box. So we don't get up angry, upset when we don't understand answers. We don't go out and fight somebody because we don't have the answers. Instead, we're going to open ourselves up to, to hear more. And the fact that we have such a different background, you're an atheist, I'm not. But yet we're sitting here, we're talking about answers to our, our country, and we're respecting the process and realizing, you know what, at the end of the day, we're trying to get our country in a better place. And all of our thoughts together makes that happen. And, and, and Amy just mentioned how, how nice it is to just have a conversation like this where, you know, when nobody's getting up and trying to fight each other, beat each other up, and, and we respect each other's opinion. That's the American way well, of my Well, I think opinion. for me, as a non-white person, or as a non-African-American, <laughs> the only, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm in the minority, it's yeah, so, it's so rare, day, right? For sure. Yeah, here in Utah, it's always, this never happens. Um, but, uh, but for me, to be in here and to witness, like, three black men having a conversation uh, about um, politics and family and love and God and, and history um, that is very different. Like you have three really different perspectives and uh, two of you I know and, and love and respect already, but this is, it's something that we need more of. Yeah. Like this, it's too, <laughs> too often people like me reduce, uh, you know, uh, minority groups or, or people of color to a one thing to a to a monolith and yeah. I'm really really grateful for all of you and I was see it's funny you say because one of the things I was thinking about is I wonder what I can think of some of my family members who are female mm-hmm. who would have a very very different perspective than what we even are bringing mm-hmm. yeah. into yeah. this mix yeah, yeah. which is why we need to <laughs> I tell students I, I try to get students to stop using the term tolerate and I've said this before on the podcast Same. Of, I'm with you, of, yeah. of why and it comes to Judy Shepard uh, Matthew Shepard's mom um, and but saying respect yeah and saying that at least you don't have to agree but you can discuss things with people you can talk with people and that's one of the things I think with our politics, Mm-hmm. Um, that you see at the national, it's so much more at the national level and here in Utah at the local level. At it's times poisoning too. it. Yeah, it's where it's the you're wanting it to be an easy way to do fundraisers or to pull in people to be the in group bias mm-hmm. and like our group versus us versus them. <clears throat> people don't realize how much Congress right now and you know, federal Congress. Gets things done. They do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Rob Bishop and, came on our show and told us all the stuff that they do. Yeah, and I was so mad at him because we all only we only hear about the yes, discord. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm saying to him, and he, and he wouldn't say it enough out loud. And it was what I would suggest to what Paul said. You know, the stuff they do together. That's what they should be touting. Yeah. The stuff that we see that's not getting done, which by the way is still important. 
But they should they shouldn't do that. They shouldn't make but it so that we would believe otherwise. Because that's the easy way to fundraise. That's yeah. the easy way to make it our group <coughs> and their group. So okay. I guess my question to you then, Burgess, is how do you avoid that? And, or and can you? You see, what we're doing here uh, is actually answer to, to, to the, mm-hmm. the, the question. You see, no matter what side of the aisle on, there are people who love our country. They love America. And the things we can accomplish if we ever sat down and talked, we, we, we can agree to disagree. We can comp- true compromise. When compromise knows that we don't get everything, but we're moving our country in a better way. We have to understand that that concept, there's an enemy. We still have an enemy. And we have to understand that enemy is. Socialism and Marxism, guys, is against our American way. It, it is, it is <clears throat> those four tenets I just talked about. What it does in every place that it's put is left is nothing but misery because there's always going to be an elitist group. It's going to be those people need to have have somebody take care of them. That's that's the thing about every end result of socialism is that those who begin become in power or, or, or atheism end up across the board makes a make uh, gives leaves misery. So. Okay, I'm going to uh, step in here for uh, two things. One is I did go. To, I've been publicly educated my entire life, though the last uh, two degrees cost money. Out of my parents' pocket, <laughs> in addition to the taxes they were paying, uh, and the last one I paid for myself. So, I that is there are elements because theoretically speaking, actually socialism not that bad. However, in practice, you are right. Over his history has shown it, it does works. not work all that well. Yeah. However, however, public education, police, public utilities. Uh, what else am I missing? Public I, transit. There should yeah. public transit, and I don't know about you, but. My life is good enough that I will never, ever believe that it's okay for somebody not to have uh, food at school or for some sick person to have to sell all they have to uh, buy their medication. I can live with that. If I, if, I don't know, if, if it costs me, um, I don't know, something. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. And if I had more money, I'd be like, I'd be throwing more money at it because I want everybody to have the basics of everything. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So when, when you say that socialism is terrible. I'm like, eh, the way it's been operated by man, by human beings, is terrible. And, and, well, to me, and it's also, more the label totalis- of socialism. Right, the the, the mm-hmm. label, right. Yeah. And so when I look at uh, communism, all right, mm-hmm. and uh, Marxism, all that stuff, right? So uh, what is the guy's name? Uh, Mussolini, a terrible no. human being, all right, uh, a devout Marxist. However, he... He made the trains run on time, so people look at him somehow as a leader. I'm like, well, whatever, dude. You kill how many millions of people in the world? How many people there are? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like, again, we're blanketing, using these blanket terms, socialism, and making that the evil, right? It's not the. It, you said before, it is man who, we as human beings, have created the evil using uh, our twisted greed and whatever that is, uh, rather than <laughs> s- sticking to the principle of giving something. To everyone, so that they could at least have the basics to live, uh, you know, uh, have affordable housing, food in their bellies, and the opportunity for education. How about if we? How about if we took the values of Utah, and and I, I'm from an outsider, I can tell you guys. You guys are We're awesome. all from the outside. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are we? Yes, we are. Well, I'll, I I'll say this. I'll say yeah. this. Yeah. We now are awesome, and I'll yeah. tell you why. Uh, and I, I put the, the Utah State, the, our values that we agree with, in, in, in three words. We're a place of solutions, service, and surplus. We think outside the box. We see problems. We try to figure out a way to, to, uh, to solve them. That's the enterprise. That's the, the education part. We think, because we're educated, we think that we could be part of the solution. Service, we love service. We go out, and you're right. If we have more time, more money, we'll give more. And then surplus, when we do get extra, even when we don't have extra, we give back. Mm-hmm. 
But what happens with that, we also allow people to have a good self-esteem in the process. We don't want to steal from people what makes us all work. If, if, I, if I sat back and literally blamed everybody for every ill that I went across or waited for somebody to get, I would be a miserable human being and nobody mm-hmm. would want to be around me. I would not be sitting with you guys for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it, it's, it's all about, uh, and Paul, I want you to have to jump in. Uh, it, it's all about giving value to other people by allowing them to work and earn their right to feel of value too. So. Right. Well, and I, uh, the thing I was going to quickly say <clears throat> is that when you're, because when you were bringing up socialism, Marxism, what we were just talking about was how the political parties will say this person's doing bad and that person's doing bad. Give money to me, vote for me, kind of thing. It is that <clears throat> you need to have that boogie person. You need to have that enemy out there. It's like what, but but what did we why? learn from Barack Obama? The one thing I think yes. I will say about Barack Obama, objectively speaking, whether you liked his policies or not, or you like him or not, he was aspirational. Right, and he that's, ran on hope. And, and that's the it, it doesn't it doesn't yes exactly but it doesn't have to be about, it doesn't have to be about <clears throat> we're going to beat them. Right. It can be about that we us. can be better, and that's yeah. that's the we can be about better selves. Yeah, that's but nobody does that. No, but that's well, not I, the way it is right now. Can I say this about 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 America? Uh, we 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 are in a war. We have to understand mm-hmm. our our way of life. Um, uh, we're fighting for the heart and soul of a country, of a nation that has always been out front in terms of no one gives more than we give. No one wants to protect more than we give. No one has a better lifestyle. Black Americans and Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans don't live. Can't, there's no better, stronger uh, uh, middle class than here in America. So we have to understand there are there is a force out there that wants to cut this down, and we can't we can't close our eyes to that. That's what the black community did for some hundred years. Who wants we, to cut that down? Socialists and Marxists. Okay, hear it. Right. I'm, I'm not sure. Should I would totally agree? <laughs> so, with so I want to jump in example. at the end of now, your. Okay, we'll come back. I have examples. No, I want to. I want to explain to you because we don't get to come back. So we do. So we're going to do a bonus. I promise you. So we we get to finish your point. Okay. However, I do have to cut this off because we're. We have run way over time. <laughs> so uh, for the people listening, we are going to continue our discussion. And if uh, please download our podcast. Subscribe to our podcast and you can hear the whole thing. <laughs> Those of us who hear it on radio, fire the podcast so that you can hear the rest of what Burgess said Paul is saying. Uh, so when guys, you got you to plug in. This is going to be a good one. So Listen, you gotta, I got to tell you something. <laughs> I am so grateful that you decided to come and, and be with us today. Um, you have added a lot to our discussion. And... We, when we started this thing almost three years ago now, mm-hmm. um, no, it is three years ago now, yeah, that this month. we wanted discussions like this mm-hmm. with people like yourself who uh, have differing views, who are willing to explain them in a way that is, again, civil, mm-hmm. so that we can, uh, learn hopefully, from we can learn from you and the people listening can learn how to have these kinds of discussions. We're not talking at each other. Yeah. We're listening to each other. And uh, for that, I am... It's uh, called Voice of Reason. Uh, where did I get that from? Uh, right. I I'm very grateful. <laughs> so listen, um, I, well, I I have to do a little business here, right? Join us again for the uh, next episode. I'm going to do this. And uh, of the Voices of Reason podcast. Uh, if you have any comments about our show, please uh, contact us via email at voramed at gmail.com or at vorjasonl at gmail. You can also find us on Twitter at adonsports and at uh, our Jason Lee One for me. And our show's Twitter handle is at vorpodcast. You can check out our Facebook page and you can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other places where you might find interesting content. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Jason Lee. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason. 
Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project.